0: This is Power Power Athlete Athlete Radio.
1: With your hosts, Denny (laughs) Kay, Professor (laughs) Booty, and V. Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulars. It's time for some (laughs) mouth power athletes welcome to episode 60 of power athlete radio as always we got a good show for you we're gonna catch up with PlayTech, fresh from the Vegas combine for the National Pro Fitness League we're gonna talk some kyphosis a little bit of sports performance and just kind of catch up with what's happening from power athlete HQ so today we have Luke Tex and Levi What's and of course, up? Professor Booty himself. What's happening, gentlemen? Yo. Hey, hey.
0: You know, I always kind of prided myself on being the highest ranked D slash C list celebrity on this podcast when John's not around. But now that Booty's getting all the all the heat, I mean, he's like the Val Kilmer of Batman's,
2: you know?
1: <laughs> the well, Val Kilmer of Batman. Yeah.
2: That's fucked up, bro. (laughs) Does that make you
3: the George Clooney, Luke? I'll take that. Like that that salt and pepper look, Clooney cut?
1: Dude, I'll take it. Clooney's Batman suit, I think I read somewhere, is the only suit that had nipples.
0: Oh, really? So we can milk it.
1: (laughs) The only Batman suit that had nipples was George Clooney's.
0: All right, so I'm already violating, like, m- my new rule for the show is let's get right into the good stuff so people can, like, uh, cut out as soon as we start getting to the ridiculous stuff. So, Levi, write that down. We got to talk about nipples on the Batman suit. <laughs> <laughs> you get to look up nipples
2: on the internet this week like we did with uh, the Nick Cage That's going to show page. up on the template next week. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. and then we got to uh, we got to compare all the Batmans because we had a pretty good fruitful conversation in England uh, about that so
1: cool well let's start with steve man kicking ass at vegas what was that uh what was that whole experience like
2: uh it was pretty outstanding actually uh tony Budding has put on a seriously professional show um it was at the orleans hotel a little bit off the strip a couple blocks off the strip here and once you walked in it was just basically npfl everywhere um they they literally spared no expense i mean even the doors to the to the dinner on wednesday evening had mpfl stickers all over it i'm surprised the plates didn't have mpfl on it they really did a good job the uh the event was run probably better than any event in uh like the fitness community i've ever been to every single event was on time um the judging was i know it was great. like when they said show up 90 minutes ahead of your event they were serious because it was like you were going. It was uh, three, two one, and time. We're going. Um, super well run. Um, everybody was really friendly uh, from the staff to the athletes. Um, and it was the really cool part about it was you came out here and you got r- basically the night before um, <clears throat> each each event, so like Sunday night, and then if you made it to Tuesday, Monday night, and so forth, you were randomly assigned to a team with a coach you've never met and a bunch of athletes that you might know, but probably haven't worked out with before. And uh, what happened was in like a matter of 15 minutes, everybody just like, I'm good at this. You're good at that. Like we just want to win. It didn't become a showcase for individual athletes. It really just became about um, the teams coming together and wanting to win. And um, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was a good time. I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad I did it.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, so I mean, that's just an interesting concept that there that is on time. Well, no, obviously that's, we roll like that at the seminar, as you know, we're yeah. somewhere. We, we usually give a standard deviation of two hours for any,
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: no, but just that, the, were you expecting there to be kind of the, the individual, uh, like the individual approach, like people are trying to showcase their own skill?
2: You know, um, I, I was kind of on the fence about it. I, I was thinking that you would either go out here and see a bunch of people who wanted to uh, showcase everything they could do well. And, and I, I did see some, not the races that I was involved in, but I watched some of the other, other teams go. And you saw some of that where people were fatiguing and rather than tagging out, cause the whole idea is it's supposed to be fast. I mean, this is designed for power athlete. It's hard, heavy, and fast. And the idea is that you have teammates. So if you're slowing down, those seconds mean that you're going to lose the match or lose that individual race of a match. So slow down, tag. Get somebody in there who can put the the pedal to the metal. And you saw some people who were uh, visibly slowing down. Coaches saying tag, tag, tag. They kept going, um, but that was the minority. I didn't know if that was going to be the the case. I thought there could be some athletes who are going to go out there. You know, you're trying to like, you know, you basically get a little salary for this if you get signed and i don't mm-hmm. i can't speak to what the salaries are because it's all sort of uh, under wraps but um uh, i expected some guys to do that but they really didn't everybody worked well together as a team and um i think there were more people who went out with the just adopted or assimilated the team mentality of we want to beat the other team it was uh it was kind of cool because before the match like in the warm-up area everyone's like hey what's up you know like What what combine did you do to get to Vegas? Where do you train? You know, coach, whatever. And then as soon as you stepped out on what they're calling like the field, they're calling it the grid, um, you stepped out. You were either on the red side or the blue side. It was like you were enemies, right? You were fighting. And then and after the last race, everybody was like, "That was so much fun!" And like you couldn't tell who was on what team because everybody was friendly again. It was it was. I mean, it was just super awesome.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's what that team competition and. You, you just think back to playing sports. I mean, when the yeah. whistle blew and the clock was running, you were ready to literally kill someone. And that's, you know, that's what it, just John's stories about the NFL, where you could, you could be arch nemeses on the field and then afterwards easily go out and share a beer, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think the NPFL is harnessing that, that ethos in uh, this team spirit because, you know, the coaches, they want to win, but you can see after each match, you know, they're buddies, they're drinking buddies and, and, you know, Half of us went out and ate, sat next to each other, and we're like, oh, good job. You did this, that, the other thing. Um, So it's the same idea, and I think they're doing a really good job at it. I think, think, and I'll tell you what, I don't know who the big investors are, but there's a lot of money involved in this. So every bar was an Alico bar. Every plate was an Alico plate. Uh, Every single thing is branded MPFL. And then we found out on Sunday or Monday that um, the company that's been building the rig, uh, true strength, they're getting bumped out. And, um, uh, uh, Eliko is going to build a custom rig for, uh, the matches for, for each match at the location. Um, and then on top of the rig is going to be a screen that's going to be, uh, like a, like a Megatron which is going to be showing scores and placement. And then they have a whole staff of software engineers or something. I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes, but they have made it virtually impossible for anybody, whether you know what this is about or you're like a grandma who happened to like sit down and it was on the TV. It's virtually impossible for you not to know who is in the lead. They've got this really simple, um, visual scoring system where basically if the red team is winning, there's a little bar that goes to the red side It turns it, and it's red. Imagine that. And it shows a number of reps that are ahead. And then if the blue team starts, sort of catching up that bar gets shorter and it flips to the blue side. Um, and what was really exciting is, uh, last night there was a, a final match and the winning team was guaranteed to sign uh, a contract with the team. And it literally came down to the last event, which was, um, the last race and the last actual exercise, which was 25 thrusters at a hundred pounds. And then after you do the 25 thrusters, you have to sprint about 80 feet touch. Change direction and then sprint to the finish line, which is a hundred feet. And it the bar was literally going like red, blue, red, blue, rep for rep, and um, it was a dogfight. Um, so it was cool, and everyone's on their feet, and it, it makes it you can you can you can see what's happening. And I think if these teams get community backing, like you know, like where where people are, you know, this is my team. I want them to win. Um, it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be pretty exciting because I mean, this was just a tryout. This was a tryout, and there was probably you know, over a hundred people in the stands, standing, cheering. Uh, it, was, uh, it was, it was pretty exciting. outside it. of the athletes, Steve? What's that? That's outside of
0: athlete, the the athletes in their family, oh, or do you think um, that, it was mostly that?
2: No, it was pro- I would say it was probably uh, 60% athletes and then a bunch of people who were supporting the athletes. So like girlfriends, wives, families. And then there was maybe 10% of people who were just walking through the hotel. And, and I mean, every single day at least one person was like is there some kind of bodybuilding or a fitness competition here like i guess they've never seen like so many fit people in one location at the yeah it's something. Something else. and so i think what they did was they originally had tickets for sale but i think they just said like if people from the hotel want to come in give them a ticket and there was a couple of people who came in and you know um they're like is this a, like, a lot of, a lot of people will say is this a crossfit thing and you're like yeah it's kind of like that you should come check it out and they check it out and be like well that, that's pretty exciting those guys are moving some big weight and they're strong and um doing some you know l rope climbs back rollover to supports on the rings you know so like in addition to just lifting heavy weights you got to do all this like crazy circus shit. um uh-huh. So yeah, so there were some people that weren't even involved with it, just checking it out. It was, uh, it was kind of cool, and like remember, it was just a tryout.
0: Yeah, so, we're, do you know what where you placed yet on the overall deal or nah, there's you, no? There's no we, real,
2: there's there's no real placing. So um, you know, it, it was a cut process. Um, some people after day one um, talked to some people and I guess signed like some letters of intent, so they didn't move on. Um, I made it to the third day. I didn't make it to the final match, but I made it to the final day. So I I competed all three days. Everybody who went, who came out to Vegas is eligible. Um, but there's no real ranking per se. I mean, no team came up to me and said like, we've got to have you on our team. So that might mean that, you know, nothing's going to happen with me. Um, but you know, I'm just going to, I had fun. And so, uh, July 10th, uh, in Miami. I guess the teams get together and they're going to do a draft, so um, select athletes. And I, I guess somewhere around eighty to ninety people need to be selected. Uh, I think it was like hundred and six, but a lot of people from Vegas already like hooked up with teams or whatever. So I think it dropped to about eighty or ninety people. Um, but then you know I'm in the masters category, so that that's a they don't have like ten masters athletes. So um, I don't really know where I stand.
0: So like it would be, you'd be contacted by a team that's looking for a master's athlete. That's my understanding.
2: Yeah. 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 And every team has to carry an over 40 has to actually like every match they have to play an over 40 male and female. um, And then they can have a number of reserve athletes, but whether they're going to keep 40 plus athletes in reserve, I mean, like my, part of my brain says like it'd probably be a good idea to keep a 40 plus athlete in reserve because they're probably the most likely to get injured. But then you might not want to waste those reserve athletes on old guys. So it's right. I, I think each of the teams are doing it differently. I, I talked to um, Steve Bowser. He's the uh, coach for Miami surge. Uh, last night at like the dinner, they had like a nice little dinner with drinks and stuff last night. Um, and he kind of indicated he was looking for like a master's generalist kind of guy. Um, but then, you could also some teams could be looking for specialists and that sort of thing. It's it's hard to tell because the coaches don't put it out there like what they're looking for, you know?
0: Right. So. Keeping it close to the chest, or maybe they just don't even know.
2: Yeah, it could be that it could be like they're they're keeping it close, or if something pops up that catches their attention, that might be you know because it's so new. I don't think they even know to be honest. Yeah.
0: So did you feel that you went in prepared based off the training that uh, you were following?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, uh, the, doing the field strong and, uh, has been perfect and doing the power athlete stuff for, for as long as I've been doing it has been, uh, just absolutely perfect. I mean, the workouts are short. I think the longest workout time is a seven minute time cap and that's for the, 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 ladder. Um, and you have to run every athlete through the ladder So you figure each athlete gets, you know, 45 seconds or so to, to work through a ladder. Um, and you know, the, the time limit for some, I don't think the first race of every day, I don't think anybody finished it because they just miscalculated the reps. Um, so, um, it's super fast, four minute, five minute, six minute, seven minute time caps. They are, they're heavy each day got progressively heavier, um, and fast. So I think, I think field strong is. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I'm sure people are doing some other things. Um, but yeah, I think field strong is an all around, especially with like the new Olympic lifting cycle and the way it cycles through different uh, facets of training in the, in the end of the day, I think it's going to be the most comprehensive for this type of athlete. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean,
0: uh, me and Tex, we, you know, we were eight hours apart trying to keep up with it and, uh, you know, on our own, doing our own little mission out in the UK, working with, uh, I guess, paving the fu- the road for the future of Power Athlete HQ, which is going to be some exciting stuff. But no, man, we're proud of you. And I, you know, I, I got a couple texts when I landed and some emails late about you looking for movement prep, you know, movement prep for this specific combine. Were you, were we able to get back to you, any of us or
2: no? Uh, No, I don't think so. But I, you know, <laughs> what I did is I, I went back and looked at my training journal and like, looked at the events I was going to be doing. And so, you know, obviously I'm out here to deadlift, you know, so looked at the days that we deadlifted on, uh, on field strong and tried to use some of that stuff. Um, tried to like set up my, my trunk with some, some dead bugs and, um, some, some, uh, what are they called? Inchworms and that sort of thing. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Cause as I was doing these things, some of the young kids, you know, the coach would be like, all right, let's get together. This is what you know. You're gonna do this. Uh, you know, so is gonna do that. Okay, take 30 minutes. Go get warmed up, and then come back, and we'll reconvene and see how we're feeling. Some of the kids like, and, and I say sat on the rower. I mean, literally sat on the rower and did not row. And we're like, yeah, no, once the – like there is no whistle, but essentially once the whistle blows, I'm just going to pick shit up and go. And I was like, fuck that. I'll kill myself. So I ended up like walking out. I'm sweaty and warm, and I felt really – those dynamic movement preps and those warm-ups, they really helped me a ton, so – I mean um, text I
0: cannot... text What's can that? you I'm text I'm, you know we just yep. talk about lactic acid response and and preparation movement preparation dynamic movement prep and priming your system for specific time domains and energy systems you know if these I'm just there's such a market text for for like teaching people how to fucking prepare yeah. physically for the demands of this comp- this type of competition, because it's the same thing even at throwdowns. Like people are over there doing neck roll, arm circles. I'm gonna fucking crush it. And the reality is, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you would just prime your energy systems. And that it's just it's frustrating. And I was curious. I was gonna ask you what were the other people doing. I mean, were there other people yeah. doing a little more sophisticated type warm
2: up, Steve? Or there were a couple people I noticed, and I don't I don't remember their names. I, I mean. I ran through through three different teams with, you know, nine other athletes and a ton of people. So it's hard to remember what everyone was doing in the warm-up, but I saw a couple of uh, uh, young ladies doing some uh, what looked like band pull aparts um, on their back, legs up. So they were doing like like basically a band pull apart dead bug. Um, yeah. I saw some I, lots of people were doing Spider-Man lunges. Um, somebody saw me doing the Uh, what's it called like knee hug drunk twist lunge yeah whatever that thing and then like i did a couple of those uh with some spider-mans and some cocky walks and um some dead bugs and then i saw somebody else doing those lunges so they kind of adopt i think people were kind of watching what other people were doing Uh i just went off in a corner by myself i did (laughs) some like i i really like ninja uh roll-ups so i did some ninja roll-ups ninja roll-ups to pistols you know, flopped over, did some uh, plank press ups, like just really tried to try to get everything, like all of the pumps primed, you know, like being older and kind of beaten up, I need a long time to warm up. I mean, I was in the hotel room and, like, a half hour before I went down to the warm up area, just you know, with the voodoo band and trying to just like break some stuff up, make sure I'm loose and warm and covering myself in Tiger Balm. And um, but so lots of people, their warm up was essentially just hitting the lifts. So. Yeah. If uh, sure. if, the, if the movement was a hang snatch, they would you know hit the bar. Hit uh, it was in pounds, so whatever it was like uh, 135 pounds, and then 200 pounds, and then like All right, yeah, I'm good. And you know, okay, <laughs> I guess you're good. Um, it it seemed weird to me, but but some of the kids are so strong, and 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 I guess limber and young that um maybe they feel like they don't need the warm up what i kept thinking from like my coaching perspective afterwards is seeing some of these absolutely like just super talented young athletes if they primed their body in a way that that we do at power athlete the the level of performance and the level of athleticism i feel like could go through the roof um Uh, so the the one thing I did notice is that when they had the two teams of signed athletes, so they had an exhibition match between, uh, like East coast athletes and West coast athletes. And then on Wednesday, they actually had, I think it was like the Philly team versus the Los Angeles team go watching those guys warm up was, um, Almost the same, and I didn't expect that. I expected since they were kind of they were high-level CrossFit athletes, they were signed. I would have seen more of the power athlete or more of the dynamic movement prep stuff. And I, I would say the percentage of athletes doing that kind of stuff was the same as the general population of athletes invited to compete, which is kind of disappointing to me because I expected those high-level athletes to be doing a little bit more. Um, but it also gave me the you know made me think if they did that stuff the level of performance could probably go through the roof, like seeing things that we haven't seen yet in sort of this human performance stuff.
3: Yeah, we, we definitely feel that, I mean, we think differently with our understanding. It's all about making the connection between not only learning a movement pattern, but then priming and prepping that movement pattern for intensity or resistance or anything. So, uh, I remember reading in SIF, it's, it's, you don't need to warm up for GPP work like CrossFit because, you know, your central nervous system isn't going to have to fire all the time. So this is what they're used to. You know, they're going to warm up into minute three of Metcon. Well, I feel style in this approach to uh, competition, heavy, hard, fast, and sprints that, I mean, our system, Strong S, kind of warm-up and approach is going to carry over extremely well. So yeah, Luke mentioned the uh, the lactic acid, so you need to literally prime that pump. I know uh, Luke and I actually competed. Luke and I competed with uh, the open, and so that was that was right in my kind of lactic acid wormhole phase. And so I think uh, I think I beat him three out of the five, just by taking a lactic acid system approach. I was not in shape for CrossFit, but one workout and taking a quality movement prep and lactic acid prime in the pump approach, I was able to beat them on, I guess three out of five. And Luke was actually on doing some training for it.
0: Yeah. And then uh, coincidentally, those, those were the days that I, you know, I didn't have a suitable warm up or like, I'm not making excuses, but it was like, I wasn't prepared. And, you know, if I had a little more time to jump in, prepare, uh, rather than just doing like, all right, I'm gonna just let the whistle take me type deal. I think that I would have performed better, but yeah, it was funny when text would, every time text would text his time on our group message, I'm like, show me the video, this is fucking bullshit. And I hit up Paula, I'm like, Paula, I don't care if you're vouching for him, I need video to tell me the truth. And then sure enough, Tex, Tex records a video, but couldn't figure out the new iPad. So he couldn't show me when I'm down in Tampa. So I'm going to let this be still just kind of an asterisk in the record
2: book, but (laughs) well, I mean, either way, right? Like I'm, I'm sure that Tex isn't, isn't fudging the truth here, but one of the things that like psychologically I realized was that, um, going into this event and even training now, I couldn't imagine training without, without prepping the systems like i i feel um uh what you were saying texas that you know three minutes into a metcon, you're warm but why not be warm and prepped for the first minute you know for the first second um i my th- you guys have shown me the light for sure and my, my thinking about training now and the importance of movement prep and warm-up um almost you know it's 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 funny i think of training now and maybe one of you guys said this to me is like um uh, that's the most important part. Yeah, like squatting big or deadlifting big is great and all, but it's going to be bigger if you do these things first.
3: Yeah, yeah. And the uh, I I I've been obsessed with warm up ever since I was a player and a coach because you had to be ready at the first whistle. Uh, I remember yeah, just yeah. Uh, yeah, my freshman year I broke my leg. I was on the sidelines, and three minutes into the game we're down four nothing. Mm. There's little I could do to get these guys going, but just thinking like, all right, just just take mental notes in preparation. And then I was able to have it like a successful next few years playing because I was doing suicides while guys were just joking around, throwing around. So, and then I just applied, you know, uh, what I was feeling as an athlete and actually did some research in a, in guys that actually knew what they were talking about and just kind of made some connections. So, I mean, literally I'm going to do a warm up reflection every single year and just add everything I'm learning. I think, uh, I'm going to take some mental notes over this over this year, and then really write an in-depth piece on uh, mentally getting yourself right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that I, that I would like to read that piece. You know, it's interesting. You talked about breaking your leg. Um, the only two injuries I saw, and I didn't watch every single match, but the only two injuries I saw were. Um, the East versus West, like the already pro signed athletes, um, on the, on the West coast team, uh, a young lady, I, I don't know who, who these people were, cause they don't have jerseys on or anything. And I don't, I don't, I guess, crush on CrossFit athletes, maybe, um, but mm-hmm. young lady ruptured her Achilles and um another uh, alessandro picelli alessandro picelli, i don't know i think that's who it is. Uh, i think she tore her pack on chest to bar pull-ups and um, i didn't watch i didn't watch them warm up but it, in hindsight i wish i i kind of did because um those are the only two injuries that i i can recall like you know major injuries i think one guy I, well, one guy hit a box and had to get stitches. You know, I fell off a box and took a chunk out of my shin. But like real injuries, like debilitating injuries. Yeah. What, um, so how rupture. was how
0: was the Achilles, how was the Achilles ruptured? What was the event?
2: Box jump overs. Um, uh, she went. She went. She went over once. Came back and then basically just fell to her knees and and had this look like i am not standing up like something is not right here so they they dragged her off um and uh just like
0: uh i guess did they were they able to replace her and finish the workout yeah yes yes so then it's kind of cool
2: like but like shitty but you know it, yeah, no. So both injuries, actually, um, it was, uh, I mean, it's run like a professional thing. So like, it's live time. There's no whistle to stop play. So it was, okay, you're hurt, tag, see the medic, and then the other people keep working to finish the event because mm-hmm. they wanted to win. So yeah, like, that's from, cool. a, from a spectator perspective, it was, okay, the person's injured like the event is still going let's check up on them afterwards right um mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool i mean, not for um, those athletes obviously yeah my my take
3: on that that's different i like how they just kept the thing going uh feel bad for it. but um in, in terms of our our warm-up and what we're trying to do so when you see and steve saw those guys i know everyone knows what he's talking about is if uh, the movement's hang cleans guys we're doing hang cleans to prepare so i get it but um we're trying to fully get everything going. So not just the movement pattern, but the quads, when those quads are gonna fail, what is the next muscle group or next uh, energy system that's gonna step in and help you compete? So I know, uh, it's, it, right now it's called the d- d- dominance phenomenon. So if, say your bicep's gonna fail, like what's the next muscle up to take over to keep you going? And if you see someone suffer an Achilles injury or something to a tendon, then uh, a muscle didn't do its job. So when you strain your calf, when you tear uh, essentially a hamstring, that is the muscle doing whatever it can to stop that force and protect the tendon. So that's the dominance phenomenon. It's not only what muscle is going to step up next, it's going to be what muscles are protecting and taking all the force away from the tendon the Achilles uh, the ACL and things like that so we our, our warm up is all encompassing uh, all encompassing and definitely this conversation i hope can some, shed some light on how we differ and definitely feel strong you can see it in action
1: yeah. written yeah
3: yeah
0: and even you know we're, we're, yeah. we what one thing
2: we're talking about yeah. over god text you
0: Over the pond is uh, just how can we get more sophisticated with some of that movement demo to make it more accessible? Because, you know, we pride ourselves on people helping people and like that we can save some lives. We can save some Achilles. We can save some knee injuries for field sport athletes coming up, you know, as long as they know how to prepare and perhaps, you know, we're text was talking at the seminar this weekend. Like um, he was giving the Traditional pre-game warm-up, which is okay, take a run, 400 meters, about maybe 200 meters, touch a pose, come on back, get in your lines, ten across, five deep, team captains, right over left, one, two, three, four, you know, clap, 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 left yeah. over right, and you're just doing this stupid fucking warm-up routine that is, just, man, like if if, if if as a player you knew that and you break out from that warm-up or when you're in drills, you step aside and you start doing some of the more valuable components to, to a movement prep or competition prep. It, I mean, it pays huge dividends. So, like, you're ready on that first play.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because it's a, that first play that, that might be where the injury – you know, um, both of the injuries that I saw this weekend happened within first five to ten reps of them go. being on the grid. You know, and so that's where, like, you, you might – all right, there's three minutes to get into the Metcon, but it, I mean, in this particular sport, there is no three minutes. You're on there for like 30 seconds to a minute at most, and then that you're is off. A, and so, that I, is
0: a failure to warm up right there. That is a guaranteed failure to warm up. Yeah. And these – so these people are professional – now professional athletes who neglected to approach their, their competition by failing to warm up, and they're probably out for the season.
2: Yeah, and, and both of them are games athletes, so that's going to affect that too. <laughs> yeah, No shit, man.
3: So huh. would you guys say that it's a lack of education or just kind of a cockiness of, hey, I move really well, I don't have a lot of obstruction in my movement, so I don't need to warm up that much? Uh, I'm going to go with our three limiting factors for coach. Uh, knowledge, they don't know. They don't have experience because every other competition has been longer. It's something like this 30 seconds in and you're done. And, and then ego. Maybe they're those young guys, those young guns that are sitting on the rowers. They don't have to warm up now, but I don't think their uh, professional f- uh, fitness league career is going to last very long if they take that approach every single event. Every single day. I guarantee how they warm up for the event is how they warm up every single day to train. Right. Well you see a lot of other programs out there that you could follow online that don't have a specific warm-up like uh, you know, Field Strong that prepares you for the day and it just says I don't think they're the heart rate up. Yeah, I it just think they're kind many. of keep the heart rate up for ten minutes and then, you know, let's get into it or whatever. It's a chili hot. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I think you're right. I think it's probably lack of knowledge on the athlete and the coach. And um, you know, one of the things I can reflect on from just personal experiences, you know, I used to be the the person who'd go in my garage, and it would be it could be middle of fucking winter, and I would just start. Um. At, and what I do, I tore my bicep tendon. Um. And when I found you guys and sort of got hooked up with y'all, um. The convincing the athlete to try it like i've had to convince some athletes in my gym listen i know this warm-up takes a long time and you might actually have to skip some of our extra credit or something but just try it and yeah but the warm-ups are so hard and yeah that's right they're supposed to be hard because they're they're identifying limiting factors in your capacity to perform they're going to make you better like i try to and i by trying to convince them i'm like convince myself well i think when you demonstrate to the athletes the benefit of these warm-ups then they can't the ignorance you can't you can't like you can't go with that anymore right so it's um it's a matter of convincing coaches and i know i know tex this is like maybe your mission in life right but um also just getting the athletes because i know when i was doing the ninja roll-ups and um, some of the dead bugs and, uh, the, the drunk twist lunge, knee thing, I'm sure people were looking at me like, what the hell is this old feller doing? But, you know, I went out there and I was warm. I felt ready. Anything that the coach said to do, like I, there was definitely some movements. I was not like, I wasn't psychologically prepared to do cause I wasn't, but somebody had to tag out and I had to jump in and I felt good. I felt good doing it. Cause I was, I felt ready.
3: Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm even writing, writing a piece on the world cup and soccer uh, right now. And so Luke and I watched some games and we saw one of the USA uh, players. He, he tore his hamstring. So you trained four years for this, this one event. And then five minutes in you're done. So I, I can't, I can't tell you anything about the warm up. I don't know, but, and, uh, that's what I'm just going to write about is training is, is this guy going like, uh, in a fatigue state as fast as as fast as he can go through that full range of motion of a sprint so sprinting is stretching is he going through that full range of motion with his hamstring or is his conditioning kind of going through the motions so he might have torn his hamstring just to protect his knee or he might have torn his hamstring because uh you know he was fatigued and then his just his hamstring wasn't used to going there under such force and stress.
2: Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's 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 something that needs to be addressed in the athletic community. Oh yeah, all all levels, even even at the top top tier world.
0: Well, dude, that's good. I mean, I know we're just to give you public props. We've been texting you and and emailing you, but congratulations on the experience. It's I'm sure it's something that you don't regret doing.
2: No, no, it was super fun. Um, so at we'll this point, it's just a waiting game. We'll see what happens. If somebody wants me, they do. I hope so. And, uh, you know, if not, I feel I feel privileged just to be a part of it because it was super fun and, um, like I said, super professional. Uh, so I'm excited. I think it's exciting. I think people are going to pick this up.
0: Well, that's good, man. Yeah. Well, I know uh, Denny put out some other um, other points, and I think the, the kyphosis – He wanted to talk about kyphosis, but I think it was for a specific athlete of his, wasn't it?
3: Uh, I think a few of his athletes. He did send us uh, one picture of a man getting set up in a deadlift. Uh um, I mean, we had the chance to talk a little bit about this pre-show, and he didn't know just whether it's some guys got big muscular backs. Some guys are stuck at a a desk job all day, uh, but he had a a problem putting some of these older athletes into a dead bug home position, like pressing their neck against the ground. People physically could not perform it because their hyposis was so bad. Mm -hmm. So I just uh, wanted to talk about uh, some some rehab, prehab, and using some of our drills to carry over to these athletes.
0: All right. Well, should we, should we knock it out? Or cause Denny actually popped off. He had to go coach a class or should we wait
2: for him next week? I think that, I think that might be something we wait for John to get it on too. Okay. Yeah. sounds good. And uh, actually guys, I got a jet. I gotta, uh, I gotta get some food and maybe actually see Vegas while I'm out here.
0: What? It's not, there's nothing to do there except get drunk, go to
3: strip clubs. Exactly. Check out the pool. check out the pool at the Encore.
0: No, check out the pool yeah. at uh, where the fuck do we go? No, here's what you need to do: go check out the Mexican restaurant. I forget where we were, but find the mariachi band and have them follow you around all through Vegas. You'll be the most popular man.
2: <laughs>
0: you 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 have some kind of assumption that I'm not already the most popular man. That well, if you were the most popular and wanted man, they would have signed you
2: as an NPM. Oh, fuck day. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Touche. But, um, yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to jet out of here so I can get some food and, uh, you know, get ready to pack up and get out of this joint. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll talk to you this week. All right. See you later. Tex, it's just you and
0: me again. Batman forever. Listen. All right. So let's do this. Let's do a little England recap about the seminar and then push a couple of the other seminars that are coming up, and then we'll get into Batman. So right now, we're done with the MPFL for our 10 listeners out there. Uh, Tex and I were in England, which was pretty interesting in the sense that whenever you go to one of these foreign countries where American football isn't a big deal, you have to really change the focus and angle which you deliver this stuff, especially during World Cup season. But uh, I guess some some memorable moments of the seminar were just, you know, certain athletes, well, you know, we break down the seminar, there's a workout and and people who come into this CrossFit seminars, they confuse the workout as a a test for the athletes. But really what we do is we take a step back and we look at your ability to coach. And we got like, Five minutes into the workout and there was no coaching going on and we had to actually break these guys down, break it off, and be like, listen, you gotta change your perspective. You're at a coach's seminar, not an athlete's clinic. So that would I mean that's always an exciting component to this and just like, you know, people get lost in in the excitement of the the workout.
3: Yeah, they I mean it was uh it was definitely it was hard on Luke and I because we had to stand there and just be disappointed in these guys because we spend oh what do you know five to eight hours before lunch talking about just posture position all this good stuff and as soon as we said three two one go and then didn't start a clock everything just went out the window and coaches lost control
0: yeah. And really it comes down to one of our favorite taglines throughout the whole seminar is you never rise to the occasion. I mean, here's an opportunity to do something different. We've completely laid out over like a, a five to eight hour period, exactly what our expectations are. And everyone just falls to the level of their training, which is more that traditional fitness training, where if you want to get in really good shape, guess what you have to do? You have to increase your work capacity across broad times from all the domains. Right, it works. People are in the best shape of their lives. But when we're talking about improving movement and executing perfection of movement while maintaining a specific posture found in sport, people can't do it. Can't do it. Energy levels get too high. Uh, we didn't even have music blasting or a clock running. We didn't need one. All you needed is three, two, one, go, and people lose themselves.
3: Yeah, the. Uh, I mean, uh, even even after we break group one down. We still saw some carryover after explaining exactly what we we're looking for into two and three. So it's a, it's a hard switch to turn off. You've created that default by the standard of chin over bar. So you're doing less pull-ups, more chin reach, and then it's just bouncing deadlifts to get them up no matter yeah. how rounded your back or terrible posture you have.
0: So I guess there's a, there's a challenge for anyone who hasn't ever trained without a clock. Like, go hard, go to that limit of intensity, but try to get 100% perfection this next week in training. Shit, today's training. If you're listening to this today and you still have to go train, do whatever workout you were going to do. Even if you go to a box and the clock is running, take the clock out of it and try to make perfect movement perfect movement through through your training and just just see what the what the stimulus is and you know what if you don't get that torch and we're not sizzling you off the ground then get on the airdyne or get on the rower or get a prowler out and then feel free to take yourself to that place where you know you can
3: get kicked in the nuts and not even know it do it after and that we're not saying go slow we're saying move as perfect as possible as yeah. hard and fast as you can but it
1: better look good.
0: Yeah, and that's. I think that could be, a, you know, the hard thing too. Text is if you have. I know a lot of people in our, you know, that follow us, like Levi. I mean, these guys are. And Steve, when he was just, they're following in their garage, and they don't have a coach, you know. And it's it's a hard pill to swallow to pay that much to go to a gym, but on our forums we have a find a training partner deal. So if you can get a training partner, you guys can build your coach's eye and you're training in your garage, find someone to train with. Maybe not every day, but hook up on the weekends and get coaching points and get coaching. So when you're executing these lifts throughout the week, like your bad habits aren't going to just be random. You've built those habits out of consistency of poor movement. So that's something you focus on and focus on and focus on. And then you always get that coaching so you don't overcook anything. You know, A perfect example is what we see with the knees out. And I know we've talked about this and we've had, we've had a queuing article and uh, an overcook article, but like the knees out type deal, every seminar we go to athletes rely on that tension when they begin to start. So they don't get the valgus needs and then they maintain relying on that tension. So as, but as they increase range of motion, all of a sudden their knees are so far out over their base of support that they're not getting optimal, force production and they have you know that that wide knee base for what we're looking for in training field sports so
3: and they're not loading their hamstring it's completely mm-hmm. turned off it's uh
0: and it's and it's a crazy thing when we end up pushing you know loading their hamstring and that's one thing we do with our setup for squat and their setup for deadlift is really expose that posterior uh, and it may not be allow you to squat the most but what we're doing is exposing the musculature that we utilize for speed and we're training that so you can get faster on field. Uh, so it's, you know, I forget how, how we even wander down this rabbit hole here, Tex?
3: Uh, I often wonder that every time we meet, you <laughs> talking about what you guys uh, had experience in the UK. In oh, okay. Of, uh, clock, no clock kind of a deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh,
0: but it not, you know, it's not, I'm not saying that the, the guys over in Europe are, bad. I mean, it's something we, we see commonly whenever, wherever we travel, states, South America, UK, Australia, wherever. But no, it was a good seminar. And I guess what's next? We're going to be in where, Tex? Uh, Boston. Oh, yeah, we're going to Boston. So get signed up, Boston in two weeks. And then I'm going to be in the Midwest with Carl Case, uh, the Hulk, down in South Bend, Indiana. So if you're out in the Midwest and you haven't been to our seminar, what is your problem? What is your problem? People do it. I understand why other people don't do it because everyone outside of the Midwest are crazy people. But us Midwesterners, and I'll give you, and the people in Texas,
3: I guess, just because that's where Texas from, they know what's up. So we, we do know what's up. We've we've been close to selling out both the Katy and Austin certs this year. Just saying, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it doesn't hurt that you have you're the biggest state in the connected forty eight states. You mean the best country in the U.S.? Is that what you're saying?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh shot your face. So also one thing you guys might know, not know about me in text is we just spent eight days together. Like basically like Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon in that movie.
3: Stuck on you? No. No. You've never seen that movie, Tex? I've seen it. I'm just, um, I was waiting for an so, uh, audience member to jump in. <laughs> I got it immediately. Uh, but all right, let's get on to the Batman debate. Okay. What, yeah, what, what, first off, what initiated the Batman debate? Do you remember this? Yes, yeah, Ben Affleck. Okay. So uh, we both wondered why was Ben Affleck cast in this role? And then we she went back.
2: It.
3: What's up? Next, I was going to say Tex has a theory. He's basically
0: Matt McConaughey in True Detective. He's like, he's over there and we're in Europe with our buddy Harry. He's like, listen, time is a round circle. I'm
3: like, what are you talking about? So this is what he gets into. I'll let you do it, Tex. For Okay. So he's got too big a chin. First off, for a Batman suit. Second off, he's he's hot in Hollywood right now. He won Argo, Best Picture, and something. So we went back to Batman Forever. Why was Val Kilmer cast as Batman? So then the question was, what movie? What other movies did he do in 1995? So then we got Heat. So it was basically all right got long flow and heat that's what that was the connection ben affleck big big smash in argo that was the connection so they're just hiring you know freaking hot actors for bad scripts so we're worried about this new one and well, Luke also, well no no, no text superman movie no text listen listen there's
0: more to it it is it's well thought out argument and you did convert me because think of the original batman series who did you have michael keaton tim burton So they, and they sign off and they say, Hey, we're out. So the Batman, uh,
3: I guess writers said, I'm out because Tim Burton's out. Just like Christopher Nolan said, I'm out. So Christian Bale said, I'm out because. So this is a classic
0: history may repeat itself and text would be smarter than Hollywood, which maybe isn't that big of a deal because they put out movies like Geely, also starring Ben Affleck. And Luke actually thinks it's pretty good. I, did I tell you that in confidence? Or was this over, was this on the air? But I did watch Geely. And I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, it was a little bit better than Con Air.
1: Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> well, I it was pretty, really good. So maybe I should check this movie out. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then what were you talking shit on Superman?
3: You were talking shit on Superman.
0: Yeah, about me. Yeah, they're. I haven't seen a good one. I mean, I listen. They're better than other movies, but related to Batman, every Batman movie is better than every Superman movie.
3: That's true. I I can't argue that. I can't.
0: Because listen, I, I know these are fantasy movies and they're not meant to draw me in and convince me of the reality in in these movies but really what did superman the newest one man of steel because it didn't even call Superman, man of steel what did that turn into it was just human wrecking balls destroying the city and if superman's doing good i mean shouldn't he take the financial consideration of rebuilding a fucking city by like okay so you have this alien bad guy What? spoiler alert listen if you haven't seen the movie Tune out now because they're going to give away the ending on how he kills the guy. Doesn't he just – pause. I'll let you tune out. All right. They should be gone by now. Doesn't he just strangle him?
3: I don't remember. I fell asleep on a plane. So I'm pretty sure he just strangles the guy. Levi, do you know? I think it was something like that. It's just tough when you He, breaks his, he yeah. breaks his neck. He breaks yeah.
0: his neck. Okay? And – Something he had an opportunity to do for this the, at the very beginning out of this 45-minute fight scene where they legitimately just body slam each other maybe two and a half miles through a series of skyscrapers and cause these buildings to fall down. And literally it is like a bomb went off and he fucking kills a guy by breaking his neck. Come on. At least in Batman, Bane's legit and that whole thing is legit. And uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, right? Where with the Joker. Like the how best. how epic was that? Like, dude. Beat it. And now Superman's coming in to pollute one of my favorite all-time series, Batman. I mean, you might as well bring in Toby Maguire.
3: <laughs> Kill Spider-Man. I'll I'll tell you what I've also always wondered about these comic books, science fiction, action slash space movies, Luke, is the body count. If you watch Transformers and I guess the newest Superman with these downtown fights, how many yeah. innocent civilians are being killed? What's the body count on Transformers 1 through 3? Well, maybe we shouldn't do that
0: analysis. If anyone wants to go back and watch those movies and provide us a estimate with sound reasoning, we will highlight it. On the website and on the podcast, but Tex, I'm with you. I mean, there have been some tragedies and terrorist attacks where like thousands of lives lost. Right. And that like those events are so small when compared to some of these fight scenes, it's out of control.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen the new Godzilla either. I mean, that's when like a bad guy you know is going to destroy a city. We're talking like when the good guy, the hero saves the day and then thousands of people are dead because, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a small number of the people that would be dead if the Decepticons won. Maybe we could we can listen to that argument.
0: Yeah, all right, I'll buy into that. I mean, if if Optimus Prime sat me down and gave me that little spiel, I'd have to agree because they're also going to enslave the whole human race as well. So but yeah. now see people have now have an idea of what we talk about for four hours at a time after these seminars, just to kind of cool our jets a little bit.
3: <laughs> uh, what else? I don't have... What's up? Said a hundred percent productive. I think, uh, I think we had, especially a lot of fans in Germany for that trip. Yeah for sure dude but uh
0: all right man let's let's bust off it's been about 45 minutes i think maybe 50 and and then we uh we got some some guests coming up let me look at danny's spreadsheet and start plugging guests oh here's what i want to tell people listen are you listening people listen to me okay well food co has a promo right now for their mres it is 30 percent off Okay, so let me, I'm going to pull this up, I'm going to read the description of this MRE, and then I'm going to give you the real deal. All right, so hang on. It's basically a thousand calorie pack of coconut, nut, and jerky. All right, so what you're looking for, or what you're looking at is uh, basically 1156 cals, 60 grams of protein, 100 grams of carbs, and 100 grams of fat. Okay, protein comes from the grass-fed beef and the jerky. Your fat is coconut chips. Uh, your carbs are pineapple chips. There's no soy, no gluten, no grain and I know this is like a blatant plug for Well Food Co who we're big friends of, but what you're ultimately talking about here is like 10 bucks for a thousand calories of super clean food. That's it. It's for it to get a box of six, you're paying 100 bucks minus your 30 percent, which is like 70 bucks, okay? Listen to me, people, 70 bucks. So you're paying 13 or like 1150 for a thousand calories. I know that you wanna cook your own food and be a true caveman and hunt your own bison and beef. But like, seriously, you gotta go crush these. I got one six pack for this next week uh, and I'm gonna go back on. I just, I don't know. I didn't know how much inventory they had because I didn't want to buy them all. So get your MREs now, 30% off. Coupon code is TRAVEL, capital TRAVEL, 0614. T-R-A-V-E-L, for those of you who can't spell, 0614. Uh, We're going to have a link in the show notes, or just go to wellfoodco.com and go to their snacks and treats section and get the Paleo MRE. All right? It's crazy. But uh, there's there's my grants of the day, I guess. Tex, have you had that thing? uh yeah dude what how do you think i survived the trip yeah mre's yeah i had i had a bunch of carne bars uh so i'd, I'd shout on those carne bars i just wish this deal was two weeks ago but <laughs> either way good product for sure uh all right man good stuff anything anything else not i'm missing that we got to close on uh, Wade's army, keep it going.
3: Uh, I know Harry and I are working on the new T-shirt design, so people look out.
0: Yeah, and then what? Uh, do we have any key dates on that?
3: The, uh, I mean, goals, the games. We'll, uh, we'll see what we can work out. Okay,
0: sounds good. I know we have Rob Wolf coming up. Uh, let's see. Let me see what the final date is
3: uh the 10th of July.
0: So we got Rob Wolf on the 10th of July coming up. Uh we're going to talk with him about nerdy paleo stuff. Probably be really boring. Uh and then me and Tex will just bring the bring the energy
3: Which Yeah, more, we, uh, we also had a good uh good contact I got his, his name's Mark Watts. He runs the Elite FTS podcast. So, just uh, another strength and conditioning coach at the college level who's who's been through the grinder, much like myself, and now has found uh, some good company. So, we're going to get him on and kind of wrap with him a bit.
0: Do we close the time? The guests on that, or the the dates?
3: Still, it's July twentieth.
0: All right, July twentieth, and then uh, yeah, Mark Watts, there he is, and then we also have uh, China and Freddie. We gotta get them on with in light of China's games appearance coming up. And then Freddie, we wanna talk with him just a little bit more about SWAT and stuff like that, because we have some questions in the hopper for that. And then uh, we're hoping to get Scott Wilson on. So Scott Wilson's a guy from down under who is with Platech at the, the Combine. And we're just gonna get get a feel for what they're doing down in Australia and and get his take on the Combine. So
3: it was good stuff, guys. So thanks, Tex. Yeah, yeah, we'll I'll talk with the Good job. All right. See you, Levi. See you, any help, my friend. See you, Tex.